Welcome to the Sim Cafe, a podcast produced by the team at Innovative Sim Solutions. Join our host, Deb Tauber, as she sits down with subject matter experts from across the globe to redefine clinical education and the use of simulation. So pour yourself a cup of relaxation, sit back, tune in, and learn something new from the Sim Cafe. Hi, welcome to the Sim Cafe. Today, we have Dr. Penny Watts, the Assistant Director of the Office of Interprofessional Professional Curriculum and Associate Professor and the Director of Simulation at the UAB School of Nursing in Birmingham, Alabama. Her clinical expertise is in critical care and emergency nursing. Dr. Watts has been in nursing education for over 20 years and currently leads the interprofessional activities for UAB campus and the nursing simulation program at the School of Nursing. She has expertise in designing IP experiences for curriculum integration and faculty development in education and simulation with an ongoing passion in teamwork training. She chairs the SSH Cheese A subcommittee and the Anaskal Standards and serves as a site reviewer for the Society for Simulation and Healthcare Accreditation. In addition, in this year, she's being inducted into the 2022 Faculty Group of Fellows, or FSSH. So thank you so much for being on. Dr. Watts, I really appreciate you being here. Do you want me to call you Dr. Watts during the... No, no, no. Please call me Penny. <laughs> okay. All right. I had the opportunity to meet with Penny. Uh, Dr. Layton suggested that I meet with her and talk about Anaskal, and she really provided a lot of insights about the standards. And so we'll kind of start off there. Penny, why don't you tell us a little bit about your journey, how you got into simulation, that kind of thing. So that's I guess a little interesting, but perhaps a boring story. I think you hear this same story around the country and the world as people are getting into simulation. But um, I started as a faculty member here at the School of Nursing in 2006. And, you know, as a new faculty, there's so many things to get involved with. And I was advised, you know, don't join everything, just be patient. So in the first year or two, you know, I was put into a skills course and, of course, immediately loved skills in the lab. And a year or so later, there was an opportunity to be on a task force. And this task force within the school was simulation. And I said, okay, sounds good to me (laughs) because you never know what some of the task forces might be like. So I joined the task force and I think immediately I just kind of knew that was it for me. And I knew not a lot about simulation itself, but within that first year of being on the task force, they said, I want to send you to a conference. And I want you to go to the Anaxal conference. And I'd never been to a conference. I was very excited to go. So that's sort of how I just stumbled into simulation. It was like, hey, here you go. So that's how I ended up really involved in simulation at the beginning. There's 
I think a lot of things that led up to that, but I didn't really realize until recent. Previously, I worked as a lab assistant long time ago. I had graduated nursing school in 92, so it was probably 94, 95, I'm telling my age here, um, that I worked in the lab at the school where I went to nursing school at Auburn University in Montgomery. So I helped check off skills and work in the lab with some of the, the very old, old, old task trainers and very simple mannequins. And what was interesting is I never really put that together with where I've ended up until this last year. I was like, wow, I really started in this and didn't realize it. It just didn't really come to fruition until recently that I'm really very immersed in the simulation community. Penny, what year was it that you went to the Anasco conference? Uh, I want to say I could look back at um, probably my CV and see when I went. It was at probably 2008. And I think Kim Leighton, Leighton was president or leaving as president or something of an axle at that time. So it was in the early, early years of an axle. So part of the pioneer group. Yes, they were they were my heroes at that point. Um, and I was a sponge in learning everything that I could about simulation at that time. Another piece that sort of fell into place for me was probably, it was maybe around 2008 or so with the simulation task force that Chad Epps was actually here on campus working with our nurse anesthesia group in the School of Health Professions. And I don't remember exactly how we got connected, but as part of this task force with simulation, he was involved. And so I met him and he knew so much, way more than I ever thought about knowing. And immediately sort of took me under his wing because I was in the nursing school and he would spend so much time teaching me about the mannequin for one thing, because we had to do all of our work on the mannequin from taking off the head of the HPS, putting it back on. So he taught me a lot about the mechanical pieces, the technical programming scenarios, but he also taught me about developing simulation. And I helped him, of course, with the nurse anesthesia simulation in that at that time, my role was sort of dedicated to both the School of Health Professions and the School of Nursing Simulation and Skills Center. So um, I helped with interprofessional sims and other professions, not just nursing. And so that's sort of when it started. And actually, when he would go to a conference or he would do a presentation, he would say, hey, I'm putting you on this. We need to write this up or we need to, you need to go to the Society for Simulation Healthcare. You need to go to IMSH, the meeting. And so I sort of just tagged along for that. Of course, immersed myself in the literature. Of course, was very involved with the Naxal as well. I went to both every year. I was so fortunate to be able to attend those. But throughout the years, worked with Chad and we developed our team on campus that helped develop our simulation program on campus with Don Taylor Peterson and April Bell. You know, there was a whole group of us that worked together to sort of develop and grow that program on our campus. And Chad, you know, was always one to guide us along our way with his knowledge and expertise that he brought. And he was just a great teacher. So I was fortunate um, in my journey to have not just him as a mentor, but there were so many people in an axle, they don't realize it, that Hallmark 
you know, originally when I started attending an Axel, she gave a presentation on operations. And I was like, gosh, she's so brilliant. She's fabulous. And we've ended up being good friends. And as we call it, Sim Sisters in the simulation community. So, so many of those, Kim Layton, can't even think of some of the other people that I've admired throughout the years. And I'm so fortunate to reap the rewards of their knowledge and expertise in many ways and, and still go to them for things to this day. Thanks, Penny. That's a great, great response. And I love how you say that Chad took you under his wing as he has many of us from his place now under his wing. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. So the next question I want to ask is, I wanted you to share with me your favorite story about simulation, something that you can point to a moment that you'll never forget. So... Actually, I have a couple, so we'll see how quick I can get through these, Deb, um, as I was pondering this question. So a funny one, I have to say. I was facilitating, so I was the embedded simulation nurse in a simulation, and it was for our medical students and our nursing students related to domestic violence. And so as I'm in the room and I step out. I'm just kind of waiting and watching the students and the med students, you know, talk and converse. I kind of step back a little bit. And the nursing student and the resident stepped out to discuss the situation that there's this lady that has come to the emergency room who they feel has been, you know, a victim in this situation. And down the hall walks one of our vendor representatives. And, and, and he's a male and he walks down the hallway. Well, the students immediately stop him and say, sir, can we talk to you for just a minute? They thought that he was part of the simulation and they were protecting the patient and did not want him near the room. And I've always remembered that. And, and it's kind of funny because he laughs with us about that. And it was Paul Thompson. But it was such a great lesson for all of us in protecting the environment and simulation, of course, in that respect. And another situation, and I have to say all of my favorite simulations, I've learned as much as the students have. And so one of them, Chad, Dr. Epps, was actually in the control room. These were nurse anesthesia students, and I was working as the embedded nurse. And one of the students, I really struggled to understand what he was saying. And I said, can you repeat that for me? I'm just, I'm not understanding. And again, and again, I became very frustrated with that student. I was almost angry because I couldn't tell what was going on. I mean, he just wasn't like participating like he should. I got a little bit angry. And I tell the story when I teach a lot of my faculty development classes. Chad is in my earpiece saying, back out of the room slowly, back out, take a deep breath, back out. <laughs> um, and I use that story sometimes because I had lost the basic assumption about that student and his intentions and being there. And so it was such a great lesson about how to manage your emotions with that. And this was early on, early on. And I still use that story, but it was a funny moment. We laugh about it now, but it's really, it was a good lesson to me on, I have to really think about that student and what they're there for. Now, probably one of my favorite simulation experiences has been when we have done 
um, I'm an old MICU. I worked on the MET team, the rapid response team. And I remember doing our mock code simulations and it wasn't just mock codes. It was the deteriorating patient. And then we sort of divided it and then had the code situation of it. And we did this with just me as the pre-briefer, the embedded nurse and the debriefer, which may not be ideal, but that's what we had to do. And then attack. And we ran our PA and nursing students through four days of this, four days from 12 to five, we ran these simulations. So I was a little delirious by the fourth day, but those students were so engaged in the debriefing. I partnered with a PA a colleague. That was my most favorite simulation. The students learned about each other. We talked about all of the team skills, speaking up. I think our evaluation scores were all fives. I mean, they the students were so good. They learned a lot. They put themselves out there for feedback and said, hey, I screwed up. This was a hot mess, but man, I haven't, I really learned that I should have. I mean, it was just a fabulous experience. It was about two or three years ago, actually. So that's probably one of my favorites because everyone left like, I'm feeling good. I have learned so much. Thank you for your time. Can we do it again? Of course, I said not this week. Um, but yeah, th those, those are just a couple examples of my favorite Thanks. sims. Those are some great stories. And I, I kind of love the one with, with Chad speaking in your ear because it's almost like at the time it was a tragedy, right? And if you take tragedy plus time, you have comedy. So you yeah. look at it now as, yeah, that happened, but it was kind of funny now that I think back. Yeah, it, it was definitely a funny moment, but something I've learned that at reflecting back on, and I don't, we don't do enough of that. I know I don't do enough of that. Really, I have used my own personal trials and tribulations, failures and successes in simulation to help others. Like, we're not perfect. So absolutely, it's, it's something I can laugh about now. Right, right. Great. The next thing I want to ask you about a little bit is the ANASCO standards, just so that people can get an understanding of just how fluid they are. I think that's a really great question, and I don't have the history pulled up. It's actually on the ANAXA website. There was a pioneering group of people in Axel, Kim Layton, and, and there were many others with that group that really had the vision of what needed to happen at that time to guide simulation over time. And so I believe it was 2011, the first version of those were set. And I remember getting them going, oh, wow, this is, this is the best thing. I feel so good now. I know what I need to do. And over the years, so much has changed in simulation. We have learned so much. We have connected with with groups and teams around the world that do simulation and just learn from each other. And I think each iteration we learn more. And while some things are kind of saying static on best practice, there's so many things that are changing and growing because we're still such a, uh, we're a science that is still growing um, within the community. And we call them living documents. And I can sit here and say, you know, we worked really hard to do great revisions and create new standards based upon the literature and the evidence that was there. But I see them just growing and continually getting better over time. Um, now, are they perfect? 
by no means. But I think it is something that people can look to achieve and use as a guide for their practice. And I think we all have to realize that the world has changed. In the last two years, the world has changed so much that we have to learn to adapt and grow and really look to doing our best. And and I'm always the one, I will always try something really unique and different in simulation. And it might break a rule or two, but I want to see, you know, how can we best serve our students in the end? And I think having the standards there are so important. And of course, now, you know, we've rebranded those as the healthcare simulation standards of best practice. And we had an international interprofessional group help with that. And did we do the best with getting a great representation? I think we did good. And I think the future, we will really do a much better job of including to ensure we gain all perspectives. Yeah, I think it's it's invaluable that we have those. And I, I have to say, you know, the work was already laid for us as a team, for the folks before us that worked hard. Barbara Sittner, you know, there's so many people I could name that really were the the pioneers in developing those and really had the the futuristic vision of where we needed to go and so much of it still stands. Right, right, great. And I, I just love though that it's it's always a continuous process improvement that no one is on their haunches saying, Yeah, no, this is as good as it gets. That's yeah. I think the the you know wonderful, wonderful thing about the the standards there. I, I think actually Deb, you bring up a good point. Because I think in everything we do with simulation, it's always about the process improvement, the quality improvement. I think nursing education, healthcare education, you know, you can't just stay status quo. And as our dean's motto, we actually entitled the preamble onward and upward, because that's our um, Dr. Harper's mantra is you're always looking ahead on what can we do better over time. Yeah, thank you. I, I love that. Uh, I'm going to ask another question, and I know that you don't have a crystal ball, but I'm just curious about your insights and where you think simulation might go, and especially now, you know, in in this time that we have, which is just so uncertain. I'm curious about your thoughts. So I think like most simulation centers, you know, we shut down for a small amount of time and then opened back up, but not to students. So we had to be creative and think, I don't necessarily like the term out of the box, but we had to think differently. And so many of the sacred cows, um, you know, we had to let go of, you know, video validations, um, doing virtual sort of what I call live from the sim lab simulations. If I had mentioned that previously, so many would say, well, we can't do that. We can't do that. And I think it's actually erased the word can't and sort of led everyone to say, we can achieve certain things uh, through different modalities. Um, so I think the future of simulation um, has, has actually opened up even more for all the different ways that we can help our learners, our students, our staff, our nurses, our physicians, people in practice. I think it's really open. I do think that, and this is what I hope, I think over time I'm beginning to see boards of nursing for nursing in particular and other accrediting bodies for other professions 
sort of requiring simulation, requiring interprofessional, and what does that look like? I think when people require something, we tend to check the box. We go down that list. Oh, we've done IP. We've done sim. But I can see the beginning and, and kind of in the middle of where we are. We're actually working towards standardization, hopefully, of simulation across programs and nursing. No, no, that's not to say everything's going to be exactly alike. But I see so many simulation programs through working through accreditation for the uh, SSH. So many people are working to doing their best with simulation, thinking of the students. And I really see us standardizing in some way what's happening in nursing schools and programs around the country. And I think in hospitals, I think it's going to be the norm and not the exception as we move forward. I think it's going to be a continuum from the educational platform all the way into practice that it's just a part of what we do. I would totally agree with that. And I would say that as we move forward, we see a lot more with inter-rater reliability as we've got a lot more strength. Uh, some of the stuff that, that has been done with the society, they've really done a lot to develop and help that inter-rater reliability between reviewers, right? As reviewers, yeah. we're held to the same standard as, you know, where is, you know, where is out of bounds? I think that yeah. we're getting into a much better spot with that. Well, this has been a fantastic opportunity to talk with you. Do you have any questions for me? Well, you know, yeah, it's kind of interesting with, you know, you've started this podcast and with your innovative sim solutions, you sort of asked me about what's the future of simulation. What do you think the future is sort of as your endeavors with really trying to get the message out about quality simulation and, and offerings for people everywhere regarding quality and excellence in simulation. Thanks, Penny, for that question. Um, first of all, I have been truly blessed to have you and all the other speakers who are on the tools section, Dr. Frampus, Dr. Mancini, Don Spoderski. You, know, you take a look at the list, do those little videos for me. And when I realized how difficult it was to do that, I thought, wow, that was a really big ask. And I really appreciate everyone who's done them, but it's a lot easier to do a little podcast with you and then ask you the questions and you're able to just fluently respond to them. So one of my things with Innovative Sim Solutions is to get the word out there, you know, on different levels for interprofessional for texts, for different, all the different resources, like, you know, Lance from Healthy Simulation, you know, that we're all working on a really a vision of improving healthcare. You know, just as my lighthouse represents a safe haven for healthcare, how can we provide a safe haven for healthcare for our future? Well, you're on a good trajectory here and really helping the simulation community. So thank you for doing that. It's a oh, lot of work, I know. It's, you know what, it's, it's actually, I, I very, very much enjoy it. I have been able to meet so many amazing people, like yourself included. And, and I thank you for your time. And I thank you for this interview. You've been gracious, and I'm very grateful. Well, I am 
just honored to be here and always enjoy talking about simulation. And um, I appreciate you doing this. Thank you. I look forward to seeing you at IMSH this year. Absolutely. I'll be there. I agree. All right. You have a great day and thank you so much. All right. You too. Thank you. Thanks for joining us here at the Sim Cafe. We hope you enjoyed. Connect with us at www.innovativesimsolutions.com and be sure to hit that like and subscribe button so you never miss an episode of the Sim Cafe.